everybody has a soundboard everybody has like a generic thing yeah and i'm always thinking like how can i go against the grain or do more with less you know but with that being said ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the ayo chill podcast today you already know i'm bringing crazy guests all the time today i got my boy in the seat my boy please take some minutes couple seconds whatever you want let the people know who you are my pleasure so my name is joe larusso i'm from totowa new jersey and i'll be 28 next week and i'm an e-commerce entrepreneur and like i have a passion for business and health fitness and you know today you know i wanted to try and change a couple lives on the ao chill podcast you know take everything that i've learned over the past five to eight years ever since graduating college and try to you know, pass that along to the people who need it. You know, so that's all I'm about. That's all I'm about. Word, bro. And, you know, I'm mad excited to hear everything you got to say. And, you know, with starting off the podcast every time, I just like to get to know a little bit about your origins, exactly where you're from. You mentioned that you're from Totowa. That's correct. All right, bro. So were you, did you originally grow up in Totowa? Were you born in, born in like, you know, the area? Mm-hmm. I was born in Patterson. Word, shout out. St. Joe's, shout out. And, uh, yeah, I grew up in Totowa my entire life. And... It was great. I like the town. It's like a nice little, you know, like average town, I guess. School was great. And, um, you know, I made a lot of great friends. Mm-hmm. So no complaints. Word. And we went to the same high school. Yeah. We also did marching band together. Yeah. Like, that was fucking lit, bro. I don't yeah. know about you. I love marching band, bro. That shit. I, I don't care how much people like are like, yo, marching band nerds, this and this and that. Like, bro, that shit was a... Although it feels like a face, because I would never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, uh, do you know what drunk core is? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like, I remember at one point, like, I was, like, just about to join. I actually ended up going out to a tryout for one of the drum cores and shit. And it wasn't any of the serious ones. I think there's, like, the... It's, like, DCA or DCI or whatever. Mm-hmm. I forget which one's the super serious one and what the, which one's, like, the, oh, everybody could do it. Yeah. But I, I tried to join the one of the everybody could do it. Yeah. And I went out, had a good time there, and, you know, it's just, um, yeah, no. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you the truth. Honestly, ever since, like, then, I've always remembered you. Because you were, like, one of, like, the only kids, I feel like, who had, like, a very, like, charismatic personality. Oh, I appreciate it. And man. then once I found out they were doing a podcast, I'm like, it's perfect. He's definitely got the personality for it. I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate it. And, like, you know, just talking to people in general is, like, one of my favorite things, you know, and just learning about them, where they come from, and how they get to where they are now because we're all humans, and we all have such fucking crazy shit happening to us, whether it is, like, you know, little things or big things. But, you know, tell me a little bit about how then, you know, how after high school looked for you. You know, how did you get into, like, what what college did you end up going to? So originally I went to Seton Hall University and I was on their like accelerated physician's assistant program. Sick. Because like growing up, my parents are like always like very old fashioned. And so they're like, oh, you're going to go to a good school and get, you know, a good job. You're going to like either be a doctor or accountant, lawyer, one of those things, mm-hmm. you know, and then obviously work for 40 years and then retire on your 401k, all that stuff. And, you know, it never really made sense to me. So um, I was in class my freshman year and I was like, you know, I'm not performing well in class and, you know, I didn't have the passion to, or the motivation to keep studying. And so then eventually I kind of just like, I was only there for a semester and I was using that time after that when I realized that wasn't for me, I was just hanging out with friends. I made a couple of friends I still talk to today and it was great. Like, you know, living on campus away from home, 
And uh, especially in Seton Hall, it's such like a beautiful campus and there's always stuff going on. Word. And no, it was great. But um, so then I eventually, and it was also very expensive to go there too. It's a private oh, school. Yeah. And I'm still paying off that loan like Jesus. today, dude. Hopefully Biden cancels it. We, say, but <laughs> we prayed, we prayed. I think we all prayed for Biden. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but then I transferred out to William Patterson after that. And I started off in accounting. And uh, it was good, but accounting, it didn't like really click with like the way I thought because accounting was more of like, it's hard to wait. It's hard to put into words, but I ended up switching to finance, which was more of like forecasting and like future predictions and accounting was more like reconciliation in the past. So I switched over to finance and um, I liked that a little bit more. And then eventually my uh, senior year, I took a minor in professional sales. And then that's when like it really clicked for me. Like I fell in love with like, um, you know, a career path. And, And before that, I never really knew what I wanted to do. And so I had the, a finance major and a sales minor. And and I, honestly, I wouldn't have done it any other way because I think finance was a great way to you know, has, lay a foundation for like a business mindset because it teaches you a lot of things about corporations and how to value them and mm-hmm. do business in that way. And then sales is like when you're talking to people and you're making deals and, and sales is also like, I always recommend to people, you know, take sales, like, dude, it's the best, like most useful major any like ever. I never How so? used- like what what were you learning in sales, you know, your senior year compared to all the other years that you were learning? Like all the other years, it was basically focused around studying and like memorizing formulas and things like that. But sales was all like there was no formulas, there was none of that stuff. So you were like just talking to people and doing role plays. So like if you and I were doing a role play in sales, like I would be the customer or the uh, the salesperson, you'd be the customer. And we just do like fun role plays all day. And it was a blast. And William Patterson actually was the, the f- one of the first sales programs in the country, if not the first, like they pioneered that stuff <laughs> in the facility. That's, a, that, that's funny. Pioneer. I know. Patterson. If anybody went to William Patterson, y'all know that's funny. <laughs> right. The, Basco, <laughs> the pioneers. Dude. Yeah. But the facility was amazing. It was all like modern and everything. And the sales program was great so yeah no that's really great and yo by the way feel free to fucking curse if you want to bro yeah don't, don't, i will don't feel afraid to it's a fucking open space no one gives a shit <laughs> dude going into this i wasn't sure if it was a good idea to record me or not because i could be like somewhat of a polarizing person bro i mean like i always say on the podcast dude like it's an open space if you fuck up, then we'll talk about it. Or if we have something that we disagree about, we'll talk about it. But I'm never going to, like, I've had people on who are just, like, you know, some people who I knew have on who were, like, blatantly, like, a little bit racist. And, you know, like, some people who are just also, like, just blatantly, like, saying fucked up shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Don't ever feel nervous. And if there's anything that you ever don't want to talk about, just be like, hey, I'd rather not talk about this. And we'll move on, dude. It's an open learning right. space, bro. I've always said this since day one on the podcast. I'm just trying to learn about you learn about your mind i want you to speak your mind openly and like i said it's just like as long as you take ownership of what you say then fuck it bro i'm I'm just here to learn dude like seriously i don't give a shit so i was wondering why you made me sign in blood when i walked in that contract (laughs) 
Wonder but what yeah, that was about. yeah, I mean, like, I should honestly, I should because <laughs> it, I could definitely see this podcast getting pretty wild in the future. But for now, like I said, we're chill, we're ayo chill. We're gonna you know? need that button, the ayo chill. <laughs> when things get out of hand. So tell me, so you went into sales and and you were learning all these sales stuff, and you, I'm assuming, graduated after this, right, and everything. So what was after graduation looking like for you? Because I still haven't really heard what you wanted to. Like, what was your passion that you ended up like getting into? So I didn't know at first, but I only knew one thing is like I wanted to make as most money as possible, the much as much money as possible with the least amount of work. Right. And uh, so I thought sales was a good way to do that because, you know, I, it came to me naturally. I always did re really well in sales, actually. Like there was a competition in school where I won first place for like speed selling or something. I didn't even like really prepared for it. I was like, what? But yeah, that was interesting. But so then. Right before I graduated, I picked up a couple like commission only sales jobs. And like if anybody's worked like commission only sales jobs, it's like nightmare because you have to like you eat what you kill, basically, they call it. And uh, it, it was rough for a while. But I was selling like credit card processing services. So any business that accepts credit cards, they have to use a processor. And um, so my job was as an outside sales rep was just to drive around or cold call and, you know, get leads uh, and merchant names from people that I would send to my inside sales rep who would close the deal and I would make a commission. But, you know, after like months of like cold calling and, you know, driving around, um, trying to get leads, like I didn't really close many deals and I was bringing all these big uh, leads and everything. So I eventually got discouraged and, um, and then I was still working as a waiter at the time. So the, uh, then I started picking up more shifts as a waiter, trying to, like, pick up more, um, uh, you know, make more money. And, you know, I was just working. I was working so much, and I never had any time to, you know, you know learn a new skill or anything like that. And then so I eventually I uh, quit that job, and I started working selling, like, uh, digital marketing services and websites at a, um, like, a, an agency, marketing agency in Little Falls. And... You know, it was funny how I got that job because when I was little, there was a place in Wayne, New Jersey called Cyber Connection. Word. And it was like a, a gaming cafe, basically. And they had like 50 computers there and you pay by the hour just to play games that you would at home. Oh, no way. But you were like with your friends and like they had this massive like 16 person beanbag chair mm -hmm. in the middle with like a bunch of uh, TVs around it. And we would just play like Halo. And, and it's not there anymore? No, dude, they closed, they closed down because <laughs> it just... It was ran by kids, basically. Like, the guy was older who owned it, uh -huh. but he uh, wasn't there much, and he was letting, like, younger kids run it, and they eventually drained money, capital from the business, yeah. and they went under. And I found him on LinkedIn, and I saw that he was doing digital marketing, mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to call him up and see if he needs, like, a sales guy. And I went down to his office in Little Falls, and, like, we hit it off right away, and he wanted me to come in for another commission-only sales job. And... Um, and that was, like, interesting because that was, like, the point where I realized that digital marketing was, like, the future and, like, the way to go. And and to me, it sort of felt like sales, but on autopilot. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, instead of, like, going around and, like, pushing for the sale, trying to hunt down that sale, digital marketing is all about, like, setting up, like, a, you know, a trap, basically. Mm -hmm. And you're luring people in. And it does all the work for you. Yeah. So, I like, eventually I found, like, a, you know, a passion for that. And I picked up the phone on my first call, and I got an appointment. <laughs> and so I was, and it was funny. Like my, my, I was like, I hung up the phone. I was like, oh shit, I, I made a sale. 
or like I made an appointment. And so then, how was how was that call like? For example, can you describe to me like how that call goes, or how do you even like start to even pitch a sale? So you basically you'd find the the business. I think it was like a a service business who they did like kitchens or like something like that, like in home renovations. And I found their website, and you just analyze the website, and you find ways that you can help them. And I called them up, and actually it was somebody that I met at the restaurant that I worked at. So I sort of had a little bit of rapport with him, and um, I just said, like, hey, man, we can, you know, do a website for you and make it a lot easier and all these things. Like, I don't know. They have, they have their own pitch that they sell people on. But, you know, if you think about it, it, it wasn't really a good business model because you're selling one website that costs like three to $5,000. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses don't have that money or they're reluctant to do that. And so, like, the sales cycle was very long. And, uh, you know, that taught me something, too, about business because, you know, there's a saying. It's like the fast nickel is always better than the slower dime. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you'd rather make a bunch of nickels very fast than, you know, a dime here and there. Hmm. Yes, that's one of, like, the principles that uh, is so great about e-commerce. And... um, so okay. talk to me talk to me a little bit about now getting into e-commerce. So, you know, you talked about making your first sale in e-commerce, right? So how did that blossom into what you're doing like now? <laughs> Dude, sorry I'm like all over the place. How That's like how that? my brain works, mm-hmm. bro. You're, like, I don't even know. Sometimes it's like a blender without the top off. Mm-hmm. And like, some, you know, it goes everywhere. But yeah, it, it's okay, bro. It's a it good tastes time, good, bro. We, yeah, we're, we're, It's we're, a good smoothie. Yeah, Even though it's everywhere. <laughs> but um, so your question was how do you get... The, well, so how, how, how did you get to like you know what you're doing today? Because you said in 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 the journey, uh, the part of the journey that we left off, we were talking about how you made your first like sale. You know what I mean, e-commerce sale. So how did that move into like building bigger? You know what I mean? Yeah. So after the the, uh, the digital marketing um, job, I wanted to dive a little bit more into e-commerce because I had a friend in high school who had an Amazon uh, business and he was basically selling brand name products. Like he would go to Costco. Like the business model is called retail arbitrage. Like it's very popular nowadays, but you would go to like Costco or something like that where they have like, you know, five, 10% off, you know, lower prices and you'd sell it online, make a small margin. And he was like flipping stuff like that. And eventually he grew it to like a, a million dollar a month business. And I didn't know that till later, but I always knew that he was making tons of money and had all these nice cars and like a bunch of free time. Cause you know, I wanted to make a lot of money with, you know, not a lot of time. And, um, so I spent like a, a long time, like learning e-commerce and I didn't start out on Amazon. I started out like making my own website on Shopify and, um, I was like following a lot of gurus on social media you know, have the nice cars and they like, they try to like convince you to buy their course because they all sell like video courses. They don't make money on, um, Shopify or Amazon or anything like that. They make money from selling courses, Yeah, which we could talk about because the AO chill course, dude. Maybe I mean, like, future. I could definitely see something like that, but I feel like usually when I see those gurus, like, I feel like they're full of shit. Do you feel like they're full of shit or are they, though? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, a lot of them. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've done a lot of research behind, like, a lot of them. And, like, you know, for example, you're talking about uh, some figures like, um, I don't know. Like Ty Lopez was like a famous one. Yeah, yeah. Ty Lopez, you know, you see. And, and like I said, I get the model behind it. Right. But I don't I also don't think like a lot of these things um there's like work that has to be done behind it you know what i mean i feel like there's a lot of 
foundation building until like it becomes easy or maybe uh, am i not seeing like the the bigger or clearer picture for the course not, yeah for, well i like for example i've never really taken the course yet and actually i would mm-hmm. love to you know what i mean but i also would love to but not pay for it <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking uh-huh. and um that's exactly what i did too because i initially i bought somebody's course for like six hundred dollars damn yeah, and it was a lot of money at the time, and I was running ads, and I was getting frustrated that my ads weren't converting. And so I bought this course for $600, and it ended up being just, like, it was, like, little, like, kids who were younger than me mm-hmm. making, like, maybe an hour's worth of videos teaching mm-hmm. how to do ads. But And um, luckily they had, like, this action-based return policy mm-hmm. where you could only get your money back if you proved to them that you were running ads and trying this thing, which I was at the time, so I eventually got my money back. And I was like, there has to be a better way to do it. Yeah. So I found this website online and it's basically like it seems like it was like a little like Indian like hacker guy and um who just downloads these courses, like all these popular courses that people sell for like six hundred or thousands of dollars, and he would just post them up online for you know a small entry fee, like a lifetime fee. It was like one time fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. And I got all like six hundred into like thousands of dollar courses for free. And so eventually I was just studying like all day, every day for like a long time. And I was teaching myself digital marketing and all these things. And uh, I eventually started my own Amazon store because I was like, you know, I always thought that like I never started because I always thought it was too late. Mm-hmm. And like this was back in like 2017, 2018. And I, I thought it was too late back then, but I realized now that it was never too late. Like yeah. I could have started any year. And um, that was one of the biggest things I realized is that um, it's never too, you know, the best time to plant a tree is, t- is 20 years ago or today. You know, yeah, no, I've heard that a lot. That's I've one of my favorite things. You, you know, talk to me about then um, the opening of your Amazon store. Like, how did, talk to me like step by step, like how that goes and like how you actually make money off of that. So you have to set up your, your uh, Amazon store and there's a $40 a month charge um, to have it open. And you basically, the business model from there is to find products that you want to sell and what's great about Amazon is that every all information bits that you need to determine what's a good product to sell is all available on the surface on Amazon. Because Amazon's all about, you know, making the best experience for the consumer. And in order to do that, you know, they want us, like, the, as the sellers, to make good products and give the consumers a, a better experience. And that's how Amazon makes money. They make money off you and I. Because, um, so you find out what product you want to sell. And we can go into more detail if you want, but... I'll yeah, no, that's what we're here for, man. So um, there's a bestsellers rank on Amazon, and they basically tell you, um, like in home and kitchen, a 50,000 rank item in home and kitchen category sells about 15 units a day or about like 500 per month. And so say you find that item you want to sell, then you have to go source it. Like say it's like, you know, a brand name, like these water bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd find a supplier for it. Like my friend went to Costco, Kirkland, and he bought it in bulk. Because they actually, they sell in bulk. You can buy it by the pallets at Costco, like over $10,000. So he was buying pallets of like Kirkland goods and selling on, on Amazon. And, um, and Amazon's great too, because some people say like, oh, Amazon's saturated, this and that. So like you, you know, get your product, you send it into Amazon and they distribute it in their fulfillment centers all around the country. And there's something called the buy box, like where it has the buy now button, add to cart and all these things. And... You know, there could be like, you know, 10, 20 sellers selling one item. But what Amazon will do is they'll rotate it. 
So mm. everybody will get one sale, next person get the sale, blah, 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 blah. So like that's originally how I started out on Amazon was like selling wholesale products, but like and like like what would you be selling on Amazon? I was selling like Hasbro toys and like mason jars. And mason jars was a nightmare because like they would break in transit. Like it wasn't a good idea at all. And they're like big, like you're shipping mostly like air and like heavyweight. It was a nightmare. But I was selling the toys and the toys, um, the Hasbro toys, as soon as I sent them like in in stock, like the competition lowered their price. And so I wasn't profitable at that point. I started making sales right away, but it wasn't profitable because the other sellers undercut you. And so that was like the major problem. And um, I eventually like, you know, ceased that business because it wasn't making any money. And um, I started working somewhere else for a while. And then like, I was finding like a different job. I was going back into digital marketing or whatever. And um, then it wasn't working for me. And so I quit and I, I decided like I wanted to find like another Amazon company where I can work mm-hmm. and get paid to learn the business. And, you know, eventually that's what I did. And so then I learned a different business model on Amazon like called Private Label. And that's where you develop your own brand. So instead of selling somebody mm-hmm. else's brand, you go to like overseas and you um, you develop your own brand. And it's way more lucrative for like for every reason, you know, because eventually you you own something at that point. Whereas you're selling like these water bottles, you don't own it, and you know eventually you can sell the company if you you know you own the brand and everything. You can sell it for like a huge multiple at the end. So let's stop here real quick. Because I just want to make sure I get this right. So basically what you're doing is basically facilitate. You're basically a middleman in between for Amazon, right? So you buy a certain product, then you list it up on Amazon. Do you have to drop it off at an Amazon place? Or like, do you send it directly to Amazon? Like, how does that transit work? You just ship it via UPS, like you're shipping any old package. And it's actually pretty cheap. Like a case to ship into Amazon only costs like maybe eight bucks. Mm-hmm. And you have like 70 to 100 units in there. It's actually very cheap. And so you send it like at a UPS store. And they could even come pick it up at your house too. <laughs> Why wouldn't Amazon do this themselves? Because they do actually. Actually, it's becoming a, a big problem now in the industry because, you know, if I sold like these tables or whatever... Amazon's now coming out and they're selling their own tables and they're kicking me out of here, you know? So it's, it's very controversial. So they do do that in some ways. Um, but you know, they make money on like the volume, you know, actually it's an interesting question too, because, you know, I feel like the e-commerce space, just technology in general is moving towards like a more decentralized, you know, kind of like model, like back in the day in like the fifties and like sixties, seventies, whatever we had like, only a few sources of information. Like you would watch the, you know, the paper or you watch the news or whatever. And then eventually we had like the social media platforms like Facebook and then there was a bunch of like smaller like micro brands that popped up. And then, you know, and as the time goes on, so you're basically you're just spreading out the brain power to like a bunch of people. So Amazon, it would be hard for them to, you know, have such a great customer experience because they would have to come up with all these new products. It's mm-hmm. much easier to say for like a thousand or a hundred thousand people come up with new and interesting products and the best people will win. It's like capitalism at its finest. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. But, um, so how much money have you made so far? Like doing this? Are you comfortable sharing something like that? Yeah. Or? I mean, not that much because when I got into the business was when the shipping crisis hit in 2021 
And so, like, just to put that into perspective, like, a 40-foot container of goods costed, before the shipping crisis, maybe seven, 8000 a ship. And at its peak, it rose to, like, 24, 25000 That's a lot. So in one fell swoop, all these small businesses, like, you know, collapsed because they couldn't afford the shipping price. It was very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. And so that basically ate up a bunch of my cost of goods. But I profited maybe, like, 15%. My margin is about 15 to 20%. And how much did you need to start? to mm-hmm. get this started it depends on how fast you want to go i'm you know sometimes i could be a little bit like risky you know i like driving fast cars and like doing dangerous stuff sometimes mm-hmm. and you know i didn't really have you know much to lose i guess so i invested like all my money in you know in products to start a little bit quicker and um and it was great it turned out better than you know i never initially expected because some of the products that i brought in um like some of the ones I didn't think were going to sell that well ended up did. And so April was my best month so far. And I actually like I was selling so much that I ran out towards the end. So I, it wasn't even as high as I did. I could have done, but I did about like 17,000 in April. And basically I did no work. And 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 is that like pure profit? <laughs> no, no, no. I get about 60% of that. So Amazon, like they take a fulfillment fee for shipping the order, which depends on the size. And then they, they take 15% of the sale price. So it works out to being like 40% of the product cost. So I get about 60% and then subtract like cost of goods and advertising, I end up with like 15, 20%. So, I mean, on 17,000, I made like four or 5,000, which is good because all you have to do is you just send in the product. Like you make the listings, you make the listings and you do the photography and you create the graphics and... um, you send the products into Amazon, and eventually they just start selling. Like it just magically sales start popping up like out of nowhere. And you know, over time, as your products gain rank, you like start to like gain a foothold in certain categories. And you know that's unique about private label because you know you own something. What does that mean? Your product gaining rank. So like I said, like before the like so an item in home and kitchen category is like fifty thousand. Um, say fifty thousand. It goes up to like. A million. There's tons of different products. Um, so over time, as you make more sales, and it's like if somebody searches in like camera equipment, and you sell this tripod here, and so the people searching for camera equipment and they buy your product, now you're going to start ranking for camera equipment because you know people are converting on that keyword. And so over time, your product gets like thousands of reviews. And you're sort of like are untouchable in a sense because any competitor is going to come in with no reviews mm. and going to sell anything. But uh, unless they, you know, this is um, where the differentiation comes in because, and that's why Amazon wants us to do it because we're going to think of creative ways to bring the customers more value. And um, you know, maybe we'll throw in a carrying case with that and we're selling for the same price. And so now all of a sudden, like, they're going to buy yours because you come with the carrying case. It's the same exact stuff. Everybody makes their products from the same factories in China. Mm. Like, um, that's the funny part about it is like, you know, and Amazon's unique too, because, you know, when I was doing Shopify, like people, I would have to drive traffic to the store on Facebook. And so effectively you're turning cold traffic into hot traffic. People who aren't looking for something, you kind of, kind of have to convince, convince them you know, to click on your, uh, your listing and buy your stuff. But on Amazon, people are typically always searching for stuff. So there's like high buyer intent. And so just by selling on Amazon, you're, you're going to start making sales that way. Cause people are always like willing to buy. And 
So what are the top things that you feel like people are buying right now? I mean, anything, dude. Like, you can buy anything on Amazon. It's actually crazy. And more, and you know, as society, you know, keeps evolving or devolving, whatever you want to say, people are, are buying more on Amazon. They're going to buy everything. Like, oh, I can buy this freaking house on Amazon. They're going to buy it. And there's are, like, tiny houses on Amazon you can buy, too. And I think eventually that's what Amazon wants to do is, like, sell literally everything. And, um... Why do you think people, more people don't do this? Or actually, no, better yet, how many people are doing this today? Dude, this is also an alarming thing as well, because not as many people as you uh, would think. And actually, like, um, the company who I eventually started working for, who taught me private label, and um, I still work for them today because um, we're going to be, like, starting our own project together. Um you know, it's a lot of, like, people in the Jewish community in Brooklyn. That's, like, the highest concentration of sellers are. And, like, one zip code in Brooklyn has, like, a large number of sellers. And also people in California. Like, the problem is, like, it's not a lot of, like, like traditional, like, American people. Sometimes it's a lot of, like, foreigners. But I think that what, what that comes down to is, like, people's, like, work ethic. I feel like people in America, maybe they're not as, like, hardworking or they take some certain, th uh, certain things for granted. Mm -hmm. Whereas people who are from other countries, like, they get to America, they're, like, going to do whatever it takes to be successful. You know what I mean? So I think it, like, somewhat comes down to, like, that people's drives and how much you want it. And uh, no, that applies for anything, even, like, YouTube or whatever. Like, you have to want it. That's the thing. You got to want it. Yeah, because I'll be thinking about it because it's, like, you know... You talked about one of these figures before that you were, um, that you learned from. What did you say? Um, what was his name? Ty? Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez. Did you take his course? I actually, I did. I, so actually, um, what, what, what was in that course mm -hmm. that like you couldn't figure out yourself? He would basically, it would cut through the BS. Like a lot of times you can learn everything on YouTube. YouTube had all the same content, but it was more of like, you had to like cut through the weeds to find the good content. Or Ty Lopez's course and other people's courses, they would give more like direct advice, like use these websites, set it up this way, use you know, tell you more exactly how to do things. And uh, actually, I like Ty's courses. I was a fan, but and he he's he's a really smart guy too because he doesn't do a lot of the courses himself. He does like certain segments, but more so he brings like interesting people who are experts in that field to like run that course too. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe for you, you have, like, some interesting guy come on and you, like, you bring five people together and you make a certain course, then, boom, you sell it. And you give them a cut if they, if they uh, you know, they make it. But, uh, you do courses is a great business, too. I think, I think courses is a good business. I've definitely thought about it, and it's funny. I've actually talked about, I've had another guest on before, and I've actually mentioned him a lot through a lot of these podcasts. Shout out, Leo. Um, we, we, we've talked about before, like releasing courses on like what we do. Cause I feel like that's the next step forward and getting people to actually fuck with your, you know, like certain product. It, I think it, it's about building a repertoire, building trust between your audience and between the people who actually watch and, and consume your content, you know? Um, but it's just, it's just, um, it's funny. I've, I've actually looked into e-commerce a little bit as well. It's just that when I've seen examples of people who try to do it, it just never seemed like I'm a very like invest now 
and like you know have longevity with it right and i feel um also it's weird because i feel like e-commerce takes a lot of mind you know it takes a lot of mind power rather than a lot of physical power you know what i mean and i feel like for some people like for me personally i'm a little bit of the opposite if it doesn't have to do with something i love you know what i mean like I, I, for me, it would be hard to get into because, like, I wouldn't be able to sit down in front of a computer, find products for other people to buy, and be like, man, I love doing this. You know what I mean? And for me, money doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like, for me, I, I was actually talking about this uh, to somebody the other day. <clears throat> I was talking about what does failure look like to me, you know? Um, is failure going broke? Is failure... Um, like, failure for me is, like, losing my friends. Failure for me is, let's say, for example, I go broke. Let's say I lose the podcast, I lose the studio, I lose everything, right? You're telling me there's not one person that I have out there who I know who won't let me crash on their couch for, like, two weeks while I figure out and get my shit together, you know? I guess it's like, you know, I'm not really a big money chaser, you know? And I think that when you find something that you love to do and you go for it full-heartedly, that the money will come. And it sounds like a stupid um kind of no, statement dude, that's you know? but it's like that's i that, think that's really what it's about you know and and if you do what you love and like you it doesn't feel like as much work i'm not gonna say it doesn't feel like work because trust me like i love doing this podcast i love editing but this whole june in jersey project that i'm doing i mean i'm editing 15 hours a day you know like every single day i wake up i come here i'm here till one o'clock two o'clock in the morning i go home I wake up at 8, and I do it again, you know? Dude, that's what it takes. Yeah, that's what it kind of takes. Because the guy who's working 10 hours a day, he's not going to make it. The guy who's working 12, 15, like you, is going to make it. But, you know, you, you also talk about, like, not having to work so much. So like, I know. So, I'm an so, enigma. So, 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 tell me, so tell me a little bit. How, how often do you actually work, then? I mean, I have, like, a day job that I work, like, 9 to 5. But, I mean, for setting up the listing on Amazon, a lot of things are outsourced, and you're just, like sending things like around like you can be completely hands off not see any product touch anything you can have like a eight figure business no problem um because nowadays they have like things called like uh three pls or like third-party logistics companies so like, i can send like full containers of products over to california and they can get stored in a warehouse over there and then from the warehouse they can send it into amazon as i need it and you know i don't have to see any product Word. You know, that's like, you know, that's one of the best parts about it. But, um, yeah, you were saying about money, like money is like a spiritual thing. It doesn't matter like what the currency is. Like you can get paid in bananas because people are always going to need bananas. So you can, it's still a currency that you can still sell with, but it does help me you know, make things uh, a little bit easier. And, um, you know, that's the other thing about e-commerce, too, because everybody can sell one product. You can have one product online in your store or, like, one course. Like, my girlfriend's a dog trainer, and I always tell her, it's like, you have to do something different than your competitors. And you can't just do dog training lessons all day and, until you're dead. You have to eventually, you know, build it in a way that you can step back from it. And so YouTube is actually, like, a great part, like, because your videos are make, you know... Um, you know, they'll get views forever. And now that the monetization's around, you'll make uh, money. Actually, I was making YouTube videos a long time ago. Word? When I was 15. What were you making? Dude, we the were... bullshit? No, no. <laughs> Maybe it was bullshit, but 
It's, it was. I was making bullshit at fifteen, bro. Yeah. I I was definitely making. Well, the bullshit that's at what the internet was back mm-hmm. then. It was just like memes and like. <clears throat> I recently discovered my old YouTube account and like I found all these old videos I favorited, and it was like all the classic memes like. But uh, eventually, like, so I bought one of those capture cards and I was like recording like myself and my friends playing Xbox. <clears throat> we were playing like Halo, Mercenaries too, and like I would just record us. You know, getting kills, like making montages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I uploaded a video of me playing Mercenaries 2, where I beat the game and I was like showing off alternative outfits. <clears throat> and um, that video, I posted it. It was like the only video I ever posted. <coughs> Sorry. And um, I checked back like five years later, and the video has like over 10,000 views. And it like blew my mind because I really didn't do anything. And Did you make any money off of it? No. Because. This was before monetization, and monetization didn't come out for like a couple years after. But it just like blew my mind. I was like, you know, <clears throat> it was never too too late to start. <coughs> Sorry, dude. I don't know why my throat's so dry right now, dude. No, you Gucci, bro. You're but Gucci. so tell me, because I know like YouTube monetization too. Like a lot of people talk about it, and um, you know it's funny. Like I was really into these topics at one point, and I was really looking into it because I know there's even some people for business they'll make youtube videos that just have to do with like regular day-to-day stuff that people would look up and it's like a video that like will forever have something like to do with like for example like somebody's like how to mount your television right and it's a whole youtube channel just about like mounting different shit you know what yeah. i mean and people make money off of that because people will always need to learn how to mount shit and they'll go back to those videos and keep watching them and then you know you make enough videos you make 500 videos you know i mean that's a lot of videos but like you make enough videos and the people keep coming back and you can make money that way you know and that's for like a three, like a five, six minute video. Yeah. If you're, if you're doing like an hour long podcast like you are, <clears throat> you could fit a lot more ads in there. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> and you know what's weird? I haven't really looked at like even getting, um, you know, any ads or any, uh, uh, let's say like sponsors yet. Just because like I feel like I'm still working on my own craft and I definitely want to make sure like I want to be picky with the people that I work with. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, for me, it's like it's not about the money. You know, and, and, it, and it's hard for people to hear that a lot of the times because my side hustles are fucking wild. Like, I do everything, dude. Like, I do a lot to support what I do today. Like, I talk about the 15 hours of editing here. You know what I mean? On top of that, like, I'll add on, like, you know, another, like, working, like, in the morning, cutting somebody's lawn or fixing somebody's house, getting paid in cash and, you know, like, figuring it the fuck out. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, like, I, I hold a I hold a high standard to myself and not letting money dictate the way that I run my shit, you know? And it's, like, little by little. You know what I mean? You chip away at it little by little, and hopefully I'll get to a point where I'll get to choose what kind of, you know, <clears throat> sponsor I want, you know, controlling, not Absolutely. controlling the show, but like, you know, they'll be, they'll more be like, oh, can we please get on rather than me be like, hey, I need money. Can you please support what <laughs> I do? You know, please have faith okay. in me. It's like, no, I have faith in myself. Dude. Everybody has Nord VPN. Yeah. Everybody like, has Nord VPN. Oh There's actually, um, funny enough, I'll talk about them because uh, they're great and I've always like supported what they do and I hope they sponsor me one day, but they're called back market and um, they really? s- dude, they sell like used computers, gear, cell phones, watches at a crazy low price with a guarantee with a year guarantee. I know I'm, I sound like a fucking commercial right now, but like, that's how much I fucking love them. I, I, it's crazy. Like I do love them a lot and I use them to like buy like my uh, family cell phones out in Peru and stuff. Cause like, you know, you get like, um, 
like for example you get like a brand new iphone or something like they have like levels of like oh like this one's like i forgot on the scale of one to ten it's like good excellent yeah mm-hmm. or pristine and shit and it come with a year warranty so it's like that and a free, a free year warranty too so it's like what's the catch there's no catch Swear to Sign God, me up. I've been I because it's weird because you know you you use something and you think there's a fucking catch, right? Yeah. Like oh, like it's bullshit. I actually bought. I'm not wearing it right now, but I bought an Apple Watch through them, and I was just like, yo, this is gonna be some bullshit. And I actually bought the cheapest version. Like I was like, it was like in poor condition, right? Um, I guess the catch is it doesn't come in its original box. Okay, that maybe makes sense. maybe that's the catch. But I opened it up. It's legit. Put it on. It was in poor condition that shit was in great condition no scratches no nothing put it on you know and i still have it to this day and it's been like two years now you know wow and it works perfectly like and i bought it i think it was like the the apple watch is like i don't know that one specifically is like the series three i think at the time it was like three no it was like five five almost six hundred bucks i think i bought it for like 150 to 200 some it's called back shit. what? Back market. Back market. And they refurbish like everything too, so it's good for the planet. Isn't it sound crazy? What? It sounds crazy. Dude, that sounds dope. You gotta get a sponsorship from them. Yeah, I hope so, bro. I hope that little like plug there. Like that was the first time I've ever talked about them like anyway, too. So it's like yeah. no, nah, but I think it's like, you know, finding finding sponsors is 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 a tough game too. And um I think also you know, deciding what kind of sponsorship. Do you, do, you, do you know about, like, you know, like, things like that? Like, asking sponsors for, like, a certain deal or anything like that? Because there's a difference between getting sponsored then also getting an affiliate link, right? And it's actually funny. I had a model here the other day who was talking about affiliate links. And affiliate links being, like, oh, like, if any if anybody, like, you know, if I was working with a company, like, I would sort of be, like, hey, get 10% off using AO Chill, like, you know, the the code yeah. or whatever and then i get a percentage of that sale rather than they're paying me directly for speaking about their company you know yeah do you have any mm-hmm. thoughts on that yes there's something um for it's for amazon amazon affiliate so you can put all of your camera equipment everything you have you could put an affiliate link to amazon and so whenever somebody clicks on it anything that they buy within 24 hours you get commission on it so it's not even like you're reaching out to like a random company for it. It's like stuff that you actually use, like your camera or whatever. You can put an affiliate link to Amazon and that's how people make a lot of money. Like you'll see like um there's a channel I like on YouTube, Linus Tech Tips. Mm. Like he posts yeah, like affiliate yeah, yeah. links. Actually, yeah, I watch him. Yeah, dude. Linus. Yeah, dude, everybody has like affiliate links. That's like one of the first places I'd start as affiliate links. And then there's another website called ClickBank. And like ClickBank has like like companies can go put their product on there and you know, create like an affiliate offer um, about it, and then you can choose. And um, that's actually like an interesting business model too, because um, now that was like before e-commerce was super big, like Amazon, people were doing affiliate marketing, and uh, it was a lot of like supplements. People were selling supplements, making like ridiculous amounts of money on supplements on companies that they didn't even own. They were just selling it using Facebook ads and stuff like that. But yeah, dude, uh, Amazon affiliate links is is sick. Yeah, so. You know, we were talking a lot uh, before. You had DM'd me before and uh, talking about, like, my YouTube videos, right? And talking about what... I, th- I forgot the term you were talking about. SEO? Yes, bro. The search engine optimization. Talk to me about that. Bro, it gets me excited just thinking about it. <laughs> but, dude, it's basically just um, because, you know, when you post a video on YouTube or even a website, Google has to crawl it with their things to know what it's about so they can show it to relevant audiences. And they can't look at your 
thumbnail and know if it's good or not. They can't look at your you know video itself to see if it's good or not. They can only look at your title, your description, and any hashtags or whatever you use on there. So like yeah, I would optimize like the title like for us like you'd say like AO Chill number whatever, and Joe Larusso, and then like like how to build an e-commerce business like. And I want to talk about like you know fitness too, so you can say like how to get six pack abs while building a million dollar business. Mm-hmm. That's like a clickbaity title. Mm. It is things that we're going to talk about, um, but it gets people to click. And then you know typically you would have like a high converting thumbnail, and so that's how Google knows if it's good or not. If people are clicking through it, you know compared to other like similar videos, and then the watch time. And then are they clicking through to your channel? Are they watching more videos. In the past couple of days, that's what I was doing. I was watching some videos, left it going. So you should be monetized by now, aren't you? Um, I am not because the there is a certain um, st- I, I don't want to say standard. Um, I actually was a social media manager at one point, mm-hmm. and so um, I was managing this one guy who I actually had on the podcast, Father Lou. Um, actually, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm a social media. Um, I wouldn't say a manager now, but I'd, I'd say it's more of a consultant, social media consultant. And um, yeah, with him, we were talking about because he puts out so much content, so much. Does content, he really? A ridiculous amount of content. And it's hard because his content is based on religion. And religion always kind of gets like blacklisted off of like, you know, search engines. And like, I think I think, you know, the side of marketing that kind of fucks up with the social media world is that the social media world works on its own kind of fucking function, which is terrible. Like when it comes to Instagram, what what hashtags are getting popping, what uh, what certain pictures will get you like, you know, like more popping comparative to like, you know, if you put something a little bit sleazy, like the Instagram algorithm might see that and be like, oh, that's a sleazy picture we're just not going to promote it but you'll never know if it's really affecting your business because you just have to go by the numbers but this is based on a lot of people just like putting down their experiences and like you know how they feel comparatively and for example with youtube um i forget what the exact numbers are but i think you need to have at least like 100 subscribers or it's like 300 subscribers right you need to there's a certain subscriber limit that you need to have and then there's a certain amount of views you need to have reoccurring to then get the option to monetize Mm -hmm. so i believe if i'm not wrong i believe it's 10,000 views you need to at least every have, month or something. It might be every month or that might be like the limit right there. Like you just need you break that you break that, you know, like that barrier and then boom. Like but then all of a, if you break that barrier, but don't have like the 300, 200 subscribers, you still won't get monetized. So you need to get the subscriber count up and you need to get the views up. And then after that, they will offer you to be a part of their um, their team. Oh, they have to offer and like reach out to you or something like yeah. apply or something. Yeah. Like. So, you know, so I think it's a mixture of like, you know, um, I don't know. I guess I could talk to you about my strategy and you could tell me <laughs> what you think about it. Right. So like my strategy based on like the whole June and Jersey project was a, a mixture of two things. One. I love it, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Perfect. Like it's, it's all about getting people. Well, number one, I think Jersey is slept on. Number one, I think artists are slept on in Jersey. I think businesses are slept on in Jersey. And Jersey's just hated on, like, ridiculous. They call it the armpit of America. Yeah, fuck that, bro. Like, we're I, I'm in love with this state, and I don't give a fuck what anybody else says. And a lot of people are like, yo, I want to leave Jersey. I want to go to Cali. I want to go to some, somewhere yep. warmer. And I get that, bro. The winters here in, in the Northeast, they're, they're rough. And especially this past winter, 
This shit was long as fuck, yo. This feels really long. It was it? a long yeah. winter, dude. And it's a spring, dude. Like, it was like the first day of spring, and we were still hitting like 50s out there. You know what I mean? So, I think that's. <laughs> that was that. Felt like oh, we're in think, a World War II reunion. I think that's a tattoo shop upstairs. Oh, weird. But yeah, this, sometimes they're fucking wild. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, like, you know, uh, um,. What was I saying? Yeah, so, like, my whole idea with June in Jersey, too, was just, like, to get, number one, focus on a certain topic, you know? Focus on a certain topic and focus on a certain group of people that I could reach out to because I didn't want to reach out too much, and my content is already sporadic as it is. I'm not literally just focused on music. I'm not just focused on, you know, entrepreneurship. I'm not just focused on a certain topic, so that makes my job super hard. And podcasts that actually do that successfully, there's very little. But to me... How much competition do I have? Probably a lot. I mean, honestly, not. Not no. a lot. I don't well, have from, a lot. Of, I mean, if you're thinking about specifically from Jersey, mm-hmm. podcasters in Jersey, I have heard about a total of four. Really? Okay. Which include one that I was actually, I went on his, shout out Sully Bob. I love Sully Bob. Sully Bob is a, a, um, a podcaster out from like Northwest Jersey, almost like near the Allentown area. And uh, he runs a podcast from his uh, garage. He has like a little studio on, on the second floor of his garage. And it's great. He's go. killing it, bro. I always say he's the number one podcast in Jersey. I'm the number two. As soon as he moves out of Jersey, if he ever <laughs> decides to, I'll take that number one spot. But he's number one till I die. You know what I mean? Or at least until he leaves Jersey. But um, you know, there's him. There's there's me. Uh, there's um, there's the Garden State podcast. I believe they call themselves the Garden State podcast, and they're more of like a a news podcast where there it's two guys and they uh just talk about things that are happening in Jersey. Like for example, um, I don't know if you heard this kid uh was building like a ten foot hole in the sand with his sister. And it collapsed in on them. What? And he died. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that happened in Jersey. So it's like, oh, fuck. So they do, like, stories like that. And they make a killing on TikTok, bro. They make a killing on TikTok. Their logo is great. It's green and yellow, you know, things that people are used to, like, the colors of Jersey. They're making a killing. And then there's another guy who doesn't really rep Jersey too much. Um, we might have seen him before. He wears like a black suit in all of his interviews and he does a podcast that way. I honestly don't remember his name, but Sully's talked to me about him before. Um, but there's my competition. You know what I mean? Not a lot of competition. So for me, I have a really easy side of it because it's like, yo, all I need to do is make sure like my production's getting better. I'm getting better as a host and I keep consistent. That's the biggest thing. That's the name of the game, consistency. Because if you're not consistent, you go fuck off. That's really it, you know? If it follows along with the uh, nickels and dimes thing, it's like um, long-term consistency beats out short-term intensity any day of the week. And so, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so, like, I just kind of decided, I was like, yo, I'm going to go ahead and just pump out as much shit as I can in a month. And it wasn't really just as much shit as I can, but I was like, yo, 30 days, 30 podcasts, who does that? Nobody has done it. Nobody's done it. And you can see what sticks, and it's yeah. great. And, like, you know, it, it, it's a big jump from doing one podcast a week. And then, you know, I've seen the growth, though. I mean, that's that's the craziest thing. I think I can't forget how I don't remember how many subscribe um, followers on Instagram I had when I started this. But I had maybe just above, like, 300. And actually, yesterday, I just broke, like, f- to four. I think I'm at, like, 404 now. You know what I mean? And you're talking about the first seven days. Of, of doing this yeah. already 
and then like it, it's kind of like um you, uh, instagram has like the collaboration where you could do two posts in one so that's what we'll end up doing for this right so i do um the polaroid and three reels right so i put put the polaroid we collab on that it goes on my page and it goes on your pages if it was one post between both of our pages then you get the reels you put the hashtags on it then on the on the videos themselves like i'm literally giving away the fucking formula of what i do and i don't and i don't write I don't, this down i don't write this down i don't think i don't think like you know it's a it's a bad it's a bad thing to even give out this information i don't i don't give a like like it's good for everybody, you know? The percentage so, of people who are going to take action on it is very low. Yes, yes. That's what... So the name of the game is learning each and all the platforms that you're doing. And this is what I learned from social media. Like, I guess management, which I guess it really should be social media marketing, which I guess, like, kind of plays into, like, what, what you do. Um, I'm focusing <coughs> on three platforms. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. And technically YouTube Shorts, Right. And YouTube Shorts is the TikTok of YouTube, whatever the fuck, right? Um, and all the name of the game is putting up reels, putting up TikToks, uh, putting the popular, um, uh, putting the popular sound behind them, whether it be like you know a trendy like original sound for somebody, or maybe it's just trendy music. You put that together and uh, together, and then the algorithm pushes that out more because it sees that people are fucking with that right now. So we're gonna shoot it out to everybody, and it's like a fucking shotgun shot, and they're just fucking sending it out, right? And then if people see my shit and they see that it's high quality, that's one thing. And it was hard because before, you know, I was taking this is this is my new professional film camera, and it's what I've been like recording everything with. Before I was recording with an A sixty four hundred, which just like it's it's a it's a bit of a level below this, but like I was getting good footage with that. But it was hard to have people really take me even more serious. You know what I mean? It was like, damn, if I have if I have people pull up to the studio like you, and you're seeing me do this, you know what I mean? And then I'm having this like webcam. Camera, like- you know, it's it's hard. It's hard, and it, and it's and it sucks because like for example, if you ever watch Sully Bob's stuff, like he has a cool setup. His setup is actually cooler than mine. He has three cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has a producer during the podcast that mixes or like you know controls the camera angles during the podcast live yeah right that's dope as hell there's you know levels I mean? to this shit yeah this works out for me even though it's like even though my equipment's better i think the style that he has for his podcast is sick he has a team and then the podcast the, the, his his producer um shout out shout out trent bro trent, trent's the man bro he's a fucking great guy um he would talk to us during the podcast too you know what i mean and when like for example if i fuck up on a podcast no one helps me out you know what i mean <laughs> i kind of just sitting here like oh shit bro i hope i don't fuck up you know but it kind of helps you know move the conversation and shit but yeah that's kind of like the whole like plan behind that so like about facebook (sighs) facebook tv i think they had something i have i have a weird relationship with facebook even though you know i had i've talked about the boy before leo he's told me to get on linkedin you know what i mean i have people telling me to get on facebook and i just don't think like the demographic that's on facebook is necessary to what i'm doing right now you know what i mean i feel like facebook is a lot of older people and the only people that i ever i did and again this is just personal this is personal anybody who i've ever talked to and they're like yeah i'm on facebook all the time and i'm like I don't really give a sh- I don't give a shit if you watch my show to be honest. <laughs> like it sounds like fucked up, but I mean like also like I'm a one man team right now. You know what I mean? I do everything. 
So uh, the biggest thing I learned from social media management is just, just focus on three social media platforms. So if I were to focus on another one that's not giving me gains, you know what I mean? Like, for example, TikTok, or if I wanted to switch out, I can't switch out YouTube and I can't switch out Instagram. So really, the only other one would be TikTok. What about know? Twitch? Like you go live on Twitch and YouTube? I like have thought about this so much. Twitch is a future project that I definitely want to get into 100%, 100%. Um, and, and actually not even so much like hardcore business, but just for fun. Like there's people who play video games on Twitch yeah. and they're making money. And Absolutely, like, dude. Yeah. And like you could talk about the whole fucked up shit with like, you know, some, some, a lot of, a, a lot of female streamers, they just be having their titties out and it's like. Dude, it's, it's bullshit. like, but they be making money, and I can't hate. I can't hate anybody for chasing the bag. I literally can't hate on anybody for chasing the bag. Chase the bag how you want to, and like you know, just fucking go for it. I agree, dude. It's it's weird. Like on Twitch and you know other social media platforms like YouTube, when people are streaming, like streamers, they kind of like play this persona where like, oh, it's just like a girl in her apartment starts streaming. Like I'm going to school, mm-hmm. even though they're making millions of dollars. Like. They have kind of have this illusion behind it that, um, you know, and then you have like these uh, these guys on the other end who are sending them money, like mm-hmm. thinking that, oh, maybe she's going to uh, give me her phone number or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a weird, definitely a weird like space to be Lord. in. Yo, so talk to me a little bit about this fitness stuff. Bro. <sighs> See, the whole point about life is to find something, like, build something that's, you know, bigger than yourself. It like supersedes like your physical self on this earth. How can you leave your legacy? Right. And, um, so my, my, most of my entire life, I was been like overweight. Like I was like around 260 pounds. Some of that was muscle cause I was working out, but you know, I was always like a bigger dude and struggling to lose weight. And I tried like every different way, like the traditional, Oh, chicken and rice, you know, every three hours and do cardio, this blah, 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 blah. But, it was like hard to you know adhere to and you know long term and then so eventually in 2017 2018 i like picked up the ketogenic diet and because my friend was like told me about it he called it the modified atkins diet Mm -hmm. which basically that's all it is but you're just restricting your carbohydrates a little bit more what's the atkins diet the atkins diet is like they'd call it like a fad diet that um basically gained um popularity in like the 90s i think and uh, it was basically just like you have, you eat like a good amount of fat, like 60, 70% of your calories from fat, 30, 40% protein, and then like 40 or so um, carbs. <clears throat> but the ketogenic diet knocks the carbs completely out. Because basically the whole idea is you want to get your body into ketosis. And once you're in ketosis, your body starts burning body fat for fuel. And it was great. I like in, in the beginning, I went from 260 to like 218. And like eventually, like I plateaued and I, I fell off of it. And then like I got back up to like 250. And like I tried like something else. And that's when I discovered fasting. Fasting is very important. And, you know, when I was doing the ketogenic diet already, like I was getting a lot of pushback from people. It's like, oh, you're not going to eat like carbs. Like we need carbs. Like blah, blah, blah. And this is before when the ketogenic diet was really mainstream. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of taught me something about like adversity. It's like, if you really believe in something and you know, it works and you do the research behind it, um, it doesn't matter what other people say, because 
you ask them, it's like, oh, have you ever you know looked it up, looked it up, like researched it at all? And they say no, but they're still saying it's not right, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I had to like you know withstand all of that, like push back from people. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I discovered fasting. It was this guy on YouTube who had a channel called The Snake Diet? And basically, the whole premise is like snakes have like one big meal and then they don't eat for like three, four days and they hunt to find another food. And um, humans like kind of like work the same way because we're just animals ourselves. And so evolutionary, we evolved to have this fasting uh, ability and to go long periods of time without food because all body fat is really there for is um, for like food, for calories. It's a bunch of calories and, you know, uh, warmth mm-hmm. to keeps you warm in the winter and then protection if like you get hit and that's why your body fat typically gets stored around the midsection because it's like center uh, gravity and so you can run and do all these different things and you know at first I was like fasting I'm not going to eat for three days like it doesn't make any sense um, but then what made it click for me too was because when you fast for three days your body like goes directly into ketosis it naturally does that without anything else. Because typically you would eat on the ketogenic diet, you'd have to like eat low carb and everything nowadays is like hitting carbs in it. It's like total bullshit. And so it would take you like five, six days just to get into ketosis to start burning fat. And so that's when it clicked for me that, oh, if you could just fast for 72 hours or 48 hours, you can, you know, tap into that your body's natural body fat stores and you just like the body fat starts melting off. And that's just like one of the benefits. There's literally like hundreds, an endless list of benefits from fasting, all the way down to the, the microcellular level of your body. Like it's anti-aging, anti-cancer, like all these different things. Every aspect of health, it improves. And so I kind of like, actually, so I have like this thing, like you want to achieve like your highest self. You have to, you know, develop your these three things, your mind, your body, and your spirit, Right. And so obviously your mind would be like, um, like reading books or doing like intellectually stimulating things for me it's playing video games. I love playing video games. Like that was most, that's probably why I was 260 pounds because I was playing a lot of video <laughs> games when I was younger. Um, and, um, so then you have your, your body. And so you have to optimize your physical self and find something like most people work out. But for me, I do boxing and jujitsu. Word. Dude, and I think everybody needs to pick up boxing and jiu-jitsu. Like, it's a, it's like you, it's a guarantee. Like, uh, what's it called? It's mandatory. It's literally mandatory. Because, you know, with fasting, you kind of, like, you have to think about it. You know, what does this make sense from an evolutionary standpoint? You know, does eating, you know, go into a refrigerator every you know, three hours and pulling food out and eating, is that something natural? Like, no, of course not. And that's kind of, like, what, you know... Um, plays into the whole like de-evolution of man which i think is happening right now it's very it's interesting what do you mean by the de-evolution of man dude because like over time you think about our like you know natural evolutionary trajectory was like you know going up literally and in the past like hundred years it's just been like an explosion of like diseases like heart diseases and like diabetes and like all these different diseases like you can look at charts that like track about you know how prevalent these diseases were over time. And it's just over time, they keep going crazy, like up. And, um, you know, I attribute that like a lot to the pharmaceutical industry and people like giving bad advice about, um, 
whatchamacallit, about, you know, dieting. Are you a very, like, a uh, holistic person at all? Yeah, I mean, dude, there's no reason why if, like, somebody should go to the doctor and say, like, oh, my, this hurts or whatever, and they give you a pill to fix it. It doesn't really, you know, I'd rather fix it through fasting, and fasting, you know, it does, it fixes a lot of things. And I think one that's, like, one of the biggest things is, like, why there's so much like disinformation or misinformation or whatever about, around it is because these pharmaceutical companies and doctors don't make any money for if you cure everything with fasting. Like the group I'm in with the snake diet, there's people who like have like really bad psoriasis. Like they have um, like a bunch of different skin issues, cancer, even some people. And a lot of those things get cured. Diabetes, like uh, high blood pressure, all these things get cured by fasting. And it's actually insane. And uh, I think if more people, there's a lot of problems that, fasting can solve i feel like if more people like would be generally more happier they can achieve their highest self as i want right and um i think yeah. fasting is interesting i i i did i did intermittent fasting before and i and i did i did see results and to be honest i've been thinking about it even recently because i have gotten chunky <laughs> i've gotten chunky the past couple months just doing so much work and getting here and and sitting down and doing all this editing you that's know? it like because most people live a sedentary life yeah it's hard to escape that especially if you work at a computer you know but you gotta get a standing desk I do have a standing desk, and I, I do be standing sometimes while I'm editing and stuff. But even even doing that, you know, like sometimes I'll be standing and I'm like, why am I not sitting? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Dude, but it's crazy. Though. Like, that's what I'm all about, these little, like, tiny tricks that you can, like, make in your life that will bring you massive results. Mm -hmm. Like, standing desk is one. You can burn actually, like, two, three, four hundred calories a day just by standing all day. No way. I swear to God. Like, if you ever stand, like, because when I was a waiter, I was on my feet all day. And uh, that's probably why, you know... I lost um, as much weight as I did. So how much did you weigh before, before you, when you started your weight loss journey? Dude, I was like 260. And then I went down to like maybe 218. And then, That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. How long How long was the time period? I don't know, like maybe like six to eight months. But I'm like a very like lazy dieter. I like to, like, obviously I like to get the most out of doing the least, right? Um, and that's why I like, like fasting was, was great. Because even if you're living like a mostly sedentary life, you can still like, you do it while fasting, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was 260, went down to 220. I'm like 215 to 220 now, but I've been working out. So I guess I have a little bit more muscle, but you know, it's, it's like a battle like everybody else is fighting, but it, what it comes down to is just, um, you got to like set your life up. What works for you? You got to set your life up in a way where you don't even have to try to, to start losing weight, be more active, like stand all day. Just that one simple change, you didn't have to change the rest of your life, mm -hmm. and now you're uh, getting to more down to that deficit. And um, so, what are some goals that you are looking forward to do now, especially? You know, adding together because I, I mean, I definitely see like your trajectory and like you know, uh, you, you definitely seen success between e-commerce, between putting your mind into, um, you know, fitness, and and it's actually funny because I feel like both both avenues that i feel like you've gone through are a little bit controversial you know what i mean when you talk about the guy who you talked about before the, the the gurus and stuff and and getting into that and you know what i i can't knock you on on the fasting stuff because i've done it myself and i do, have seen results and, and i do get really interested into um uh joe rogan for example he talks about the carnivore diet right i've definitely thought about it have you actually heard about this guy called the liver king bro i love the liver king you love liver king what do you think Dude, about he's his the shit? man he's actually a legend bro like from 
just like a physical standpoint, from like a marketing mm-hmm. perspective, he's the man. How do you how do you feel about have you would you ever try like you know his his raw eating raw meat and all that? I would, yeah. It's like the science behind it makes sense because you're eating sashimi. It's no different than like you obviously have you can't go to like a commercial you know food factory and get food. You have to go to like an organic farm and get good quality stuff. Um, and liver is a superfood. It has like the highest density of nutrients of any food on the planet. It's like super healthy for you. That's why he says liver is king. But I, I'd try it. Why do you got something back here? Nah, I we got liver I, for I, you. I, I fucking wish, bro. Because <laughs> I was I was checking into the podcast too, and I was just like, uh, I had to listen to his podcast on uh, Impulsive. Yeah, with, uh, Impulsive. Logan Paul. I watched yeah. that one. Yeah, I watched it too, and I watched the whole thing, and I was just like, it, but it's weird because like for me, it's like common sense. That like if if the majority of people aren't doing it or pe- majority of people have tried it, it's it's like a double edged sword. You know what I mean? Because it's like, listen, just because not a lot of people do it doesn't not mean it's not revolutionary. Because there's a bunch of people who have done stuff before everybody else, and then it becomes a revolution, and then everybody's on it, right? Same thing that happened. Like you know, for example, I'm very sure when it came to intermittent fasting, even though it's a thing that's been done for so long generation generation whatever fuck but it just became a fad now a lot of people were against it but a lot of people are seeing results right but with this liver king shit bro it's just like he is his body is different you know and there's other things and like i said i hate being like not, not that i hate being the joe rogan stand but like when joe rogan says and he sees like bodybuilders and people who fight professionally do this shit right and it's like why if fighters aren't doing it you know what i mean and they are carnivore diet Dude, I, there's a one guy that I actually really like now. His name is Cobra Tate. He was like mm-hmm. a world famous uh, like kickboxer, world champion, all these things. And uh, he used the carnivore diet to get in shape. I mean, because the carnivore diet's good because all you need is fat and protein to survive. You know, there's essential fatty acids, but there's no essential carbohydrates. Mm. And then once you cut out your carbohydrates, your body switches over to body fat. And when you eat excess carbohydrates, your body stores body fat. So it almost makes sense that like your body was meant to na- tap into that natural uh, thing, and the other thing like that the um, Liver King talks about is like your body's natural feast and famine cycle. And this was like another like major light bulb moment for fasting too, because when you're eating, your body is in an anabolic state, and your body's like uh, building and growing all these things, and then the opposite of that is a catabolic state where your body's you know breaking down and like repairing and all these things. So your body was meant to go from like anabolic, catabolic, anabolic, kind of like the sun goes up, sun goes down. Mm-hmm. It's like the light goes on, off. It's like humans are diurnal. Like it kind of makes sense. Like that's how our bodies work. And um, what was I talking about? Yeah. So you, no, yeah, you're talking about how humans are. I forget the that feast word. Feast and famine yeah, cycle, and bro. Famine cycle. Yeah, dude. Like so, your body. This is one of the keys. Like why there's so much disease today is because when your body is constantly in an anabolic state, people wake up at 7 a.m., they have their coffee with milk and sugar and all these things, and they snack during the day and they eat dinner at 7, 8 o'clock at night, and, you know, you're spiking your blood sugar all day, and every time you spike your blood sugar, your body releases insulin. Insulin is, the um, like, the storing hormone, and so you're going to store more fat that way and you're become insulin resistant over time, so your body's not going to be able to bring your blood sugar down. Fasting fix all that. So your natural feast and famine cycle. And so when you're in an anabolic state, every cell in your body is growing. And that includes cancer cells, you know? And so when you go into the catabolic state, 
and you're fasting and you fast for like long periods of time, like 48 hours or 72 hours, there's something, um, process called like cell autophagy. It's basically like this Japanese guy won the Nobel prize like a few years ago for like discovering this mechanism of cell autophagy. And basically when you, um, you hold all like the nutrients and like water and everything from a cell, it'll start breaking down. It's like weak cells and start rebuilding and fortifying. And so your body, when you're fasting, your body does on, on every cell. That's what I'm saying. Like your mitochondria regenerates and your body cleans up old cancer cells because cancer cells are just weak, like, uh, like deformed cells or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so when you, you, you fast for a long period of time, your body is going to destroy them. That's the whole idea behind it. It's insane, dude. It's absolutely insane. And I think more people should get behind it. Like my goal in life is to, you know, eventually like Amazon is just like a means to an end. It's just like a spiritual way. It's just like something to free yourself. Cause you know, I was talking before about mind, body, spirit, the spirit aspect of it is like your freedom. Like you want to be a free spirit. You want to be able to do what you want. Nobody can tell you shit. And so Amazon helps you achieve that freedom and e-commerce. And so you can do whatever the fuck you want. And fasting will get you into an amazing physical shape and health shape. And um, then you'll be free to do whatever you want. Yeah, and you'll be ripped, sexy, have like a crazy <laughs> business. That's what I want because I feel like everybody has this like strong, sexy, intellectual, charismatic, like wealthy person inside of them, but they just don't know how to unlock it. And, you know, it's one of the things I think about that makes me upset is like how many people throughout history never lived up to their full potential? How many people worked themselves 50 years until they died? They didn't, you know, didn't leave them like a legacy behind them. You know what I mean? Like you have your, your bloodline that goes back thousands of years. Like your relatives, your family fought wars just so you can be on this earth right now. Yeah. And so how are you going to be grateful for that? It's always funny when you put it that way, because like, you know, say your family sacrificed and fought wars for you to be here. I'm just like, damn, my, fa my family sacrificed and fought wars just for me to be a fat shit. <laughs> Dude, no, it's... I know. I it's it's hard, it's it's weird, but yeah, like, no. It's always hard talking about the spiritual stuff because like, I get it though. Like it's always bigger concept, and it's always like you know, being grateful for what you have and trying to really unlock that inner potential. And it's yeah. hard to it's hard to get to that point too because you know, you ever find yourself like having not having faith in yourself Absolutely. or even trying to find the drive to do what you want to do like i'm not gonna lie it took it took me a while to to get to this point you know where i can edit now for hours hours on end and it's funny you listen to these podcasts and you know like um uh even logan paul's podcast impulsive you know they're always like logan's the hardest person and the working person in the room you know what i mean like he literally does not shut off and i was just like how do you get like that like i used to listen to that like six months ago a year ago and i'm like what the fuck does that even mean you know what i mean how do you work all day do you follow gary v yeah yeah i love gary v too yeah. and gary v like everybody's like would say like you know yeah gary v just fucking works all day you know and he, he he just be like grinding 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 and and falling in love with the grind and that's what i even have the problem with like you know i've i think i've i think i've unofficially officially i've fallen in love with the grind and whether that is a good thing or a bad thing i think there's a mixture of it because right now i'm on i'm in love with the grind but i'm broke <laughs> I know. It starts that way. That's the life of an entrepreneur. And uh, that's okay. That's part of the process. Because once you make it, now you can look at things in perspective and it's sort of, you can appreciate it more. Yeah. You know? Um, 
but yeah so do you ever deal with those feelings of like self-doubt and like you know into what you're doing every day bro every day and how do you deal with those feelings (sighs) you just gotta like you know i'm a very logical person so i try to like think about things logically it's like okay maybe i shouldn't worry about this too much you know i could just do this you know and imagine like like when i first started amazon in 2017 2018 you know i was spending like eight hours a day like studying and learning and like you know i would get started and i would be so excited i would go to like tell one of my friends not like a close friend or anything like that but people i'm like oh yeah i'm starting this amazon store it's like i'm gonna do this this this." and he's like oh that's awesome dude but are you gonna get a real job too i was like like bro don't you hear what i'm saying it's like these people just don't get it most people just don't get it that's the thing and so you just have to like tell yourself it's like these people just don't get it it's like you just keep doing what you think is right and uh and you just prove them wrong later that's it um you know we're actually coming i don't know how long you think we've been going but we're, I don't actually, know, we're actually coming pretty close to the end of the podcast but i do have a couple more questions because i still kind of want to pick your brain at some things you know I, like, I rant like dude it's horrible no, i rant dude, over no, so long. no it's cool dude it's cool that's that's the whole point of the podcast bro that's the whole point i'm sure there's a lot of things in here that people would get that people will really fuck with and love because mm-hmm. i know there's definitely i have so um what's some advice do you have for people to go forward and get into e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to set your life up where you can be continually educating yourself because this, this space is like so constantly changing and um, new things and new ways of doing stuff is always happening. So definitely go educate yourself, improve your sources of information. Like on YouTube, find um, good channels. A lot of smaller channels, like 5,000 subscribers, like to 25,000 have a really good content. You know, a lot of the channels that have 100K subscribers or more, they kind of, like, give you the runaround so you can watch more videos. Um, so you definitely just – and I can give you the name of the website where you can download the courses for free. Yeah, it literally good. changed my life, bro. It's called edollarearn.com. E-dollar-earn. 15 bucks. You can get download every course, like, and you just continually educate yourself. And – um Dude, yeah, I feel like anybody's watching this and like they have any questions, they can, you know, either leave them down in the comments below or they can reach out to you and um, we could set something up. But um, I mean, your links and everything are going to be on the video. So like they could even reach out to you if that's, that's yeah. cool with you, man. Absolutely, dude. Like, yeah, I think everybody should get started in e-commerce. Like if you just have one product up or one course up, that's the way to go. And Amazon, it's, there's never been a different company, uh, another company in history that's created more million, millionaires than Amazon. It's actually insane. So uh, another thing, what advice would you give yourself if you could, looking back before you started this journey? Or maybe even before you got into college, what advice would you give yourself? I mean, a lot of the the same stuff that I said, like, um, dude, like you just got to believe and you keep going. And, you know, like I said, like learned with like YouTube, it's like, it's never too late to start. Even if you're like 40, 50 years old, it, it's, it's never too late because your life can just change like that in an instant, you know? So it's never too late and keep going. Um, yeah, the one thing I was going to say, I like, I like this analogy. It's like, like life is kind of like you're climbing Mount Everest and it's like many times throughout the trip, you're going to like want to turn around 
or you're going to want to like die basically climbing mount everest isn't easy but you know once you get to the top it's like the view is definitely worth it so that's the one thing you got to keep telling yourself is the view at the top is going to be amazing so keep going word i fuck with it dude my boy let the people know where they can find you instagrams socials anything any shout outs you want to do now's the time to do it man Dude, in a few months, I'm going to be on an island. Oh, shit. Retired. No, I'm just kidding. But that's the goal. I'm going to be on an island. You'll find me in the Bahamas or whatever. No, but uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I have a good LinkedIn profile. Um, Instagram. And, you know, I hope to be back on the podcast soon. Like, you know, maybe a little bit more collective with my thoughts and all that. And yeah, there's yeah. a lot of other topics I want to get into. It's mm-hmm. it's good. It's stuff. Yeah, dude. I mean, thank like, you for yeah. having me. Like, hopefully, again, we can have you again. Like, you wanted in August, right? Dude, yeah, because Amazon Prime Day is coming up. We're going to give you guys a rundown of that. And, um, yeah. Dude, sounds fucking good. Guys, you already know the business. Ayo Chill. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, Facebook. We we Maybe Facebook. <laughs> maybe Facebook in the future. I don't know. You know what's funny? that You're, you're going to get a crack out of this. We opened up an OnlyFans for shits and giggles. An OnlyFans before we did a Facebook. So the first person to subscribe to our OnlyFans... We'll get a free T-shirt and some stickers. Just uh, let us know. Send me a DM and let me know that you're the first one with the screenshot. So that's how we're running that. So, guys, thank you so much. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you on. And um, let's get the fuck out of here. Word. Sick, dude. Bro.